10 o'clock right now, and it's time to welcome back Steve Vines. Good morning. Good morning. After that big dramatic intro. How are you doing? What's happening? Oh, yes. There's stuff happening this week. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that's happening this week is that Hong Kong, which is very keen on attracting tourists yeah. and raising its international profile, has managed to secure the 2020 International Gay Games in Hong Kong. So you would have thought the government would have said, well, that's really good, that's fantastic. We're so pleased that that this big international event is coming to Hong Kong. Instead, you get a measly, I mean, unbelievable, an announcement from from, um, some unnamed government spokesman saying... We've noted that this has happened. It's been noted. And as far as the facilities are concerned, that will be referred to the appropriate authority. And you know the... the, the Can you imagine if yep. this was the George Young Knitting Club who, who decided to have an event in Hong Kong, there'd be, this is a fantastic achievement for the Hong Kong SAR. We welcome the George Young Knitting Club. Knitters need to come to Hong Kong. Now, this event not only will raise Hong Kong's profile as a cosmopolitan city it will attract literally thousands of visitors it will make people look again at hong kong and one of the reasons they'll look again at hong kong because hong kong's got a bit of an awkward relationship with all this gay stuff i mean gay in, stuff gay stuff How i know very dope. well it is true it doesn't exist in hong kong i, I want to emphasize that in case the listener is under any <clears throat> misapprehension that any of this sort of thing happens here and i i gather from reading the um Hong Kong Free Press today that when Carrie Lam was asked about this at the Foreign Correspondents Club, the first thing that she said was, oh well yeah, yeah, yeah you know, the fact that we're having this event which she also apparently just noted didn't welcome um, it means that, that doesn't mean that we're going to look again at our restrictive laws on, on discrimination against um, same-sex <sighs> couples and then went on, I mean that was kind of bad enough, and then a went on to say, so I read, that, um, that uh, you know, she, she's, she's a, she's a card-carrying member of the Catholic Church and her priest wouldn't like it and therefore, you know, don't expect her to do anything on this front. And as if to rub it in, in the week in which um, this group of volunteers, remember, unlike the usual bunch of, you know, Jobsworths who go out and get international events for Hong Kong, who are very well paid for it, these people did it, you know, entirely on their own initiative yeah which is a point that needs to be mentioned unlike them um they they managed to pull this off and i hope it will all be successful despite the government's almost certain attempts to put obstacles in its way but in the week that this happened the department of justice decided just to rub in how backward hong kong is on this matter by appealing a decision of the court of appeal which gave a, a lesbian same-sex same couple, uh, one of whom uh, is a you know accompanying partner coming to Hong Kong, the, the right to stay here and the right to um, um, work here, which is something that anybody who, who who's in a, a, um, a mixed-sex relationship has enjoyed since you know God was in shorts. Pontus so, was a pilot. <laughs> indeed, in those, in those good old days. So, I mean, there we are. I mean, they really want to rub it in that while the rest of the world is going, oh, for God's sake, are we still discussing this? The year, if I last looked at the calendar, is 2017. It, it's not something that you need to make a fuss of. Uh, and there they are going, oh, well, the reason we can't do anything in Hong Kong is the community is divided. Well, do you know what? 
the community is divided on more or less anything. <laughs> the point of a government is it takes leadership, particularly in social issues. And when it takes leadership, it either falls fat on its face, and I know the Hong Kong government's got quite a lot of experience of that, or it actually marches society onto a new plateau. And if you look at every single place, without exception, and it's rare you can say things so categorically, that, that, that for example, has gra granted... Um, the right of same-sex marriage to be same-sex marriage to be legally recognised. There is actually afterwards pretty much no repercussions because most people go. I wonder why that was so controversial. Can I chuck a fiver to you, crisp fiver, right go on, now? Crisp fiver. It will be this exact thing you're talking about. That I'd say a good fifty-fifty stops this thing happening. No venue. Well, there are always mysterious ways of stopping things happening. You know, the Jiangshu Knitting Circle having booked the Hong Kong Stadium for those days in 2020 when this event happens. I mean, you know, I think you cannot, you cannot count out official sabotage. And the only way it will be prevented is if there is enough noise and they're shamed into cooperating. They won't cooperate voluntarily. I think that's very clear. So if they're shamed into cooperating, they might just not do it. Or they might just say, no, absolutely not. It's hard for them actually to say that. They will find some bureaucratically weaselly way. As I say, the Jiangshu Knitting Society urgently needs They're this in. value. The band's booked and everything. Yeah. I'll tell well, you what, though, I've read, I've read some other... It's, it's starting to do the rounds. This and other issues surrounding it after an event that happened the other day. It's starting to do the rounds on some of the online platforms, which is not going to do them many favours. Um, but people are saying... Uh, the CE is confusing two issues here. We're not talking about gay marriage and single-sex marriage. We're talking about this one thing. Say hurrah and well done to your boys and yeah, girls. Yeah. Well, I is mean, that, is that correct, they're, they're, what they're, I'm saying? No, no. Well, I mean, the two issues are related, obviously. But, yes. I mean, why not just say that? Why cannot Carrie it's, Lam, it's the chief, chief executive of the Hong Kong SAR, simply say, you know, we've secured this major, and it is a major international event, I mean, cities that have had it have actually made quite a lot of money out of it. I mean, I have to talk about the money because we're in Hong Kong and people are interested in that, and why shouldn't they be? So, you know, why can't she just say, oh, that's great, I'm really pleased. It reminds me of She seats. doesn't need to go, you know, she doesn't need to do a dance in the street. She doesn't need to join the touring cast of Priscilla in the Desert, you know. I'm just asking her to do something vaguely decent. Little. It reminds me of CY and John Jung over the Hong Kong football team thing. <laughs> just say, well done, boys. Yes. Yes. Oh, what was the was it a question? Who the question was to see to, to CY Leung, which football team do you support? Because there was a match between Hong Kong and I don't know, we'll say Guangzhou. I actually don't remember who it was. And yeah. and he was completely floored by this question. This is a tricky one because that was a set up question. What do you mean that's a tricky answer? <laughs> well Minister No, but the point is is somebody is is Big Brother going to say you must say China or is Big Brother going to say well you're running Hong Kong surely you should support your Hong Kong team but the problem is when you always wait to think in your mind what Big Brother is going to say you always do what CY does what Carrie is now doing and every question is now sort of with a glance over the shoulder in a northerly direction. Oh, if I say that, do you think I'm going to get into trouble? Mm. I mean, that is the problem. You think that's that, what it really is? I really do. And, and as we know from all dictatorships, it's the, it's the minions who are overcautious. You know, there are things like, that mo that, you know, that even the most monstrous dictators like Stalin and Mao Zedong 
didn't really care about, but their minions cared about it immensely. Let's turn the clock back even further, Steve. If what you're saying is correct, we're not, that we, they, whoever, people in Hong Kong, they're not, we're not even being given bread and circuses, <laughs> actually. Even the circuses are off. No. I, I must, incidentally, just, just talk about that, I must, I've just remembered a very good joke from the Stalin era, which Stalin apparently told. So, you know, Stalin was very famous for, for, for um, smoking a pipe. So one day he loses his pipe. Yeah. And, and he says to the chief of the secret priest, Bira, he says, oh, I found it under the couch. And Bira says, Comrade Stalin, that can't be so. Three people have already confessed to stealing your pipe. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the kind of attitude. It's not know. funny, though. It's not <laughs> Stalin thought it was. <laughs> OK, bigger question here. Everybody is saying things are radically changing here. I don't know what you think about that. Is it so that nothing can happen without nothing can happen in higher government echelons without fear of a rap on the knuckles? Well, that does seem to be the direction in which we're heading. I mean, I th I still think, and I cling tenaciously to this belief that there are conscientious members of the bureaucracy who actually believe that the laid-down procedures and ways of doing things need to be adhered to, which do not include referring everything up northwards. I still believe that although the independence and integrity of the judiciary has taken a knock, it is far removed from what happens across the border. So, you know, I always think that when we do gloom and doom, we need to remember that, that there is a golden thread that is still tenaciously intact. Hmm. But it's a thread, you know, it can be broken. That's what worries me. It all seems to have come down really recently. You know, you look around what's uh, been happening and all the fun. You'd call it weaseliness. And yeah. um, my new favourite word of the day is apparatchik. Apparatchik, yes. I, I mean, it's starting like this, that word this, as well. This seems to have all come down recently. Now, is, is that my imagination? I, I think what happens is this is a gradual thing and, and it gathers steam. And that, I think, is what's happened is that we've had a drip, drip, drip. And, you know, well, as you know, in, in your average bathroom, after a drip, 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 you get a pool of water and, and, and things start, you know, splashing around. I think that's actually what's happening. Is it possible that people in authority have been told, we do not support X, Y and Z, uh, so therefore in public neither will you, but then how come the boss is allowed to talk about her religion? Isn't that interesting? I thought the Chinese isn't, didn't like Catholicism. Isn't, 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 that, isn't that interesting? <laughs> Genuine yes, question. It is very interesting uh, and worth pondering that. I mean, it is a fact that, that Carrie Lam does like to brandish her Catholicism which on is her sleeve, fair which enough she's on a personal entitled level. to do. But, if you, but, yeah. but, you know, but, but uh, it's not very welcomed in the People's Republic. So that's interesting. I mean, Donald Jung was the same. I mean, there was no... <laughs> uh, yeah, well, He's maybe, the new padre. <laughs> I, I was going to say, maybe, maybe we're now understanding why, why he's in the dock and awaiting sentence... Not sentencing, awaiting judgment in a, in a criminal case this very week. So I don't know about that. I mean, that is interesting. And I think one of the things which is um, significant about all of this is... Is that a line that cannot be crossed? Because they keep talking about lines that cannot be crossed. So you can't talk about this, that's a line you cannot be crossed. In, in Hong Kong, 
they've got a real problem with religion because the upper echelons of the Hong Kong bureaucracy are very, very heavily populated by practicing and intensely God-bothering Christians. So, you know, on the one hand, they're slavishly loyal to the motherland, but on the other hand, they do genuinely, I'm sure it's genuinely, believe in all this stuff. So, you know, if you're going to purge the entire upper echelon of the Hong Kong civil service, you've got to find another mob. So there's a few things that don't quite make sense. It, yes, and I think it's those contradictions that keep us all going. I really do. I mean, you know, you, you have this in, um, in, within all dictatorships. You know, everyone thinks, oh, well, everything's going to be the same in dictatorship. But, you know, things go on even in places like North Korea, like the, the continuation of free markets and people, you know, buying and selling things without the state intervening. And you think, that can't possibly be true in a country with such a high level of state control, but yet it is. Yeah. Just just quickly flick back. Morning to Pete. He writes to us. He's given us two. I'll do the other one after the news. He just says it was Hong Kong, China. John Jung nailed his flag to the Hong Kong mast and look where he is now. I've got a question about the gay games. Just looking forward, right? So, if the vibe seems to be we're not going to congratulate the people of Hong Kong, we're not going to support this, although maybe tacitly they might, who knows, does that mean the tourism guys won't be allowed to wave the flag about Hong Kong and they're going to miss out on squillions of people who might be gay well, well, or not coming to Hong rather Kong. Rather interestingly, um, the, the, when they made the bid in... I can't w- remember which town it was. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. When they made the bid, one of the letters of support they got, interestingly, was from the Hong Kong Tourism Bureau. Well, there you go. See, so, that's, that's so already there. Yet again, you've got... You know, the question is, will they actually allocate some cash? Remember, there is not one cent of public money involved in this thing as we speak, whether mm. it will be... You know, I mean, if the tourism people really are going to say, we don't want all these tourists coming in here, I think they should pack up and go home. Mm. I mean, that would be staggering. It really, really would. And and incidentally, I don't want them, when they come here, buying a lot of powdered milk. I think that's important. I have a feeling that this crowd won't (laughs) be. Well, you don't think they'll be the powdered milk... um, (laughs) They're going to be organic imported. Yeah, Yeah, maybe. Designer labels should be doing well. Either way, Steve, I mean, back to your opening comments, you were talking about... um, her, her comments alluded to, yep, noted um, the proper procedures about venues. Yes, yes. That is where the government could screw them. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and they will say, and they will say, even trying to keep a straight face, this has nothing to do with the fact that it's the gay games. It's just we are following procedures. And, you know, knitting groups do have preference. Mm. Oh, well, what a week it's been. Let's do a little bit more before the news. Well, we could... Just, just, I mean, while we're kind got, of... I'll tell you, why don't we go on, go on. I've got that email from Pete here, the on. second one, and he'll, he'll get you going. He says, so lobbing a tuna sandwich is now described as violence in Hong Kong courts and turning a small paper bag round is desecration. Perhaps Hong Kong judges need new English dictionaries. I believe Steve will be talking uh, about this somewhere else on another day. Maybe you could ask him. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the assault by tuna sandwich has been something that's worried me over the years. I, I, I mean, it's the tuna I'm worried about. Was it an environmentally raised tuna that went into the sandwich? I mean, these are the things that Probably haven't not. been... it was a manky old it was one. A manky, I mean, remember its purpose. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, honestly, I don't really think that throwing things at public officials is a great idea. But, you know, don't get too excited about it, really. I mean, an assault charge for throwing a sandwich doesn't seem to me to be something that needs a lot of airtime. Nice one, Steve. Well, I'm very excited that the adverts have been issued or or the announcement has been made that that the recruitment process for young people 
that would be me, um, has started to join various government committees. This apparently is how they're going to solve the problem of of dissatisfaction among Hong Kong youth. They're going to have young people joining committees. And apparently, and I hear this from Carrie Lam, so it must be true, the problem is that young people are not concerned enough about civic affairs, which is a bit strange because the evidence is rather to the contrary, is that young people are very engaged. No, they're not concerned about our civic affairs. Yes, I think that's, <laughs> the, that's, that, that's, that's actually the point. So you have, you know, all these young people occupying the streets of Admiralty a couple of years ago uh, because they are very worried about, you know, public affairs or civic affairs, what have you. But they're not on the right side of the argument. So they're now going to put the word out and some of them are going to join committees and um you know you know who's going who they're Except going they to won't. be well no they will oh they will. they're not they're the right ones remember the, the right ones will join the committees i mean those people who are actually actively engaged in public affairs have already said you know i heard lester shum say for example over the weekend well obviously we're not going to join these committees because they're a farce yeah um so that's not going to happen so uh, i mean maybe and, and people forget you know there is a youth commission in hong kong there is it's, it's headed by one of the rich kids joseph lao's son who's called um lao ming white now he's a very wise fellow he 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 has noted and noted. Noted. He has noted, just like Carrie Lamb's noted, that, that young people have a problem getting on the housing ladder. So his advice, and it's only the advice that could come from a billionaire's son, is, you know, young people should take less less trips to Japan and go to the cinema less often, and then they'd be able to afford apartments in Hong Kong, like, tomorrow. Mind you, cinema prices are pretty steep. Cinema steep. prices are pretty steep, so he has a point. Um, uh, well, what he didn't mention is that Daddy owns half of the apartments in Hong Kong, so, you know, if he really wanted to do something, he could dish them around. But mm. I, I don't think he said that. So it's wonderful. They get all these rich kids on these committees who, who are so out of touch with what happens in Hong Kong that, you know, they make statements like this and people go, well, you know, that's, that's an interesting oh. point he makes about holidays to Japan. I want you to answer something here. You've just reminded me something. Very, very often we hear... Um, we must form a consensus on this. And my immediate reaction is, that means we want you to see things our way. It either means that or it's my excuse for not doing anything. Consensus means we don't want to argue about it. Consensus is, we've already told you what the policy is. It's like, you know, they're now saying, you know, any any discussion in LegCo which takes more than one minute is disruptive. Although it is, as its function, it's supposed to be a monitoring... um, body for the public administration that's what it's there for yeah so you know they they haven't got consensus in edgeco well you know you tell me any elected legislative chamber and the hong kong one is only partially elected in which there is so-called consensus yeah. and i'll i'll find you a man on the moon consensus now there is you you know it is true that that that, that you get consensus in places like the the um uh, the National People's Congress. That's true. You do Consensus, get it there. Two thousand yes. people unanimously yes. voted for the boss to get elected to yes. Yoda status. Yes, I mean, you know, and and that's that's how it should be. Imagine being uh, that uh, one person. Uh, yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. No. Well, you know, um, they all, they they used to actually have a few dissident votes in 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 the. Uh, well, this was actually the Communist Party Congress, but they actually used to have a few dissident votes in the National People's Congress and. Uh, I think those people are very happy in, in so, the deserts of Kuramuchi. <laughs> have, we, have we missed anything out this morning? Have we missed anything out? Oh, well, I know. Um, 
National education minus yes. those little scuffles that happened. So, yes, yes, national education. Now, you know, it, it, nobody in their right mind would for one moment say that schools shouldn't teach Chinese history. I happen to think that history is a pretty big and important subject. But, you know, when, when it, the devil as ever is in the detail. Yeah. So now they're, they're sort of weaseling their way around and going, well, you know, history, history. Ooh, we must have more of it, more of it, more, more, more Chinese history, which I'm all in favour of. I think everybody, know, everybody agrees with what you're about yes. to say. But, and this was a but, but, you know, if you are going to teach history, bring it on. Do the whole lot. I mean, one of the biggest events in Hong Kong were the 1967 leftist riots. That's going to be kept out of the syllabus. And then, then the chief weasel at the education department says, oh, well, you know, individual teachers can mention it if they like. Oh, that's all right. And then you go, ooh, what about the Great Famine? You know, is that going to be mentioned? Cultural Revolution, is that going to be mentioned? Tiananmen Square, is that going to be mentioned? I mean, these are enormous events. In both local and There's Chinese history. There's a lot of good history. stuff too, we must stress. It's just that you've got to do both. You've got to do both. Um, and, you know, the idea that you use it... I mean, it's interesting how they frame it. They don't frame it as increasing awareness of the nation. They frame it as engendering the patriotic spirit of Hong Kong children. Well, if you've got that agenda, of course you're going to censor the um, syllabus. Of course you're going to leave out things that are embarrassing. OK, what's going to happen here, Steve? So, just supposing the curtain comes down, you have to have... Now, firstly, I want you to tell me which schools would have to do it. You have to have this kind of education. Now, which, which schools are we talking about here? Just the government schools? Or? Well, government schools and, and any school that, that, that receives support from the government, which is practically all so schools then, in Hong Kong. Some very forward-thinking Hong Kong people, and they are. It's not, just these, it's not just these errant little kids. It's adults. I hear it all the time. You hear it all the time. All nice, normal people. They think, I'm not having this. I want to take my kid out of that school. Then or what they happens? send them overseas. And so we get, we get another brain drain because well, of this. Yes, I mean, you know, th this always happens. When you, when you start subverting the school curricula to political ends, and they, they make no bones about it, that is the agenda. Yeah. Parents will say, God, I really, you know, I don't want little Johnny um, being brainwashed. And, you know, the problem is that now the education department, that, that maybe wasn't the finest department on the planet, but had, had quite a lot of credibility as a provider and as an earnest provider of education, is now allowing itself to join the propaganda offensive. And that's very, very worrying. Of course, poorer parents have no choice. They, they, they can't, you know, pluck their kids out of school and go but can they, trotting I mean, off to what, America. Calling all lawyers, can they legally say, my, ki my kid's not, not going to witness this? Apparently you can. I mean, there's an interesting um, uh, case here as to whether home education is allowed in Hong Kong. Now, I do happen to know one set of parents who've been educating their daughter at home precisely because... Uh, they feel that the education system here is a bit brainwashy, and um, oh, the other they have it? had, they have had, you, you know, the, the phone call and the odd letter saying, "Why isn't your daughter in school?" But at the moment, she's still not in school, to the best of my knowledge, and um, uh, they're managing to do it now. The resources that you need as a parent to provide a full education to your children are enormous. Mm. I mean, these are very determined parents. I don't think the average parents, you know, who've got both members, both the, the, the husband and wife out at work, 
find it that easy to do this sort of thing. But, mm. um, you know, it's a legal grey area as to whether they can do it even if they want to do it. So this, this is, is all very difficult stuff. A lot of stuff that's happening now, it seems, I, I said it to Hugh yesterday, you just feel like the dominoes are really stacked up. The knock-on effect of a lot of these things could be catastrophic for, catastrophe, for Hong Kong. I mean, like the gay games, if the government's not behind it, then they can't have the tourism board, they, they miss out on a great opportunity, and stuff like this, the knock-ons. What do you see well, of this one? What I see in all of these is that, that decisions that in the past were taken... Uh, if you like, on the basis of their value, yeah. are now being taken on the basis of their acceptability to Beijing, which is a very, very, very different thing. So you actually undermine the future of Hong Kong. I mean, this is what I find so painful. Hong Kong, you know, still has many, many qualities that, 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 that are not to be found in other places. Well, undermine that at your cost. I really think that the, the relentless drive to placate and to please and to second-guess, I think it's the second-guessing which I find most odious, what people up north are going to say, but undermines the, 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 the structure and it makes it sort of tremble at the knees. But it now really is starting to be at the cost, and yes, by that I mean financially, of stuff here. Yes, it has a cost. You know, none of these things are cost-free. They, they, they think that, that if you have an education system here which is sort of slavish to exams and slavish to in, in, imbuing patriotic values into children, somehow there is no cost attached to that. There's an enormous cost attached and to that. And we're talking good old-fashioned lucre here, aren't we? Well, lucre, you're talking about um, um, the, the, the happiness of the community, as though that matters. You know, people are really... When, the, when, it, when it becomes that intrusive, people who are thinking of uh, disappearing start to you know buy it buy air tickets so what happens then way 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 down the line one thing and another means all the internationals the foreigners whatever companies big companies they start to go right stuff this we're off well, to singapore why 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 would you be in the or not even in singapore why would you be in the highest cost location for doing business in asia if it has none of the advantages that it used to have why would you do that you read that book so, the hong kong disadvantage <laughs> i haven't no <laughs> I've, I've got it on the reading list yeah. no but i mean seriously so why would they do that um you know if they have to do business in china they might as well open an office in tianjin or wherever because you know if there's going to be so little difference between the two places yeah. go to the cheaper one and you know, if you want to do international business, go to Frankfurt, and you can you can use a telephone or apparently the interweb now now is in operation. Did you know that? 